I was catching up with Harry Smith, colleague at U.S. Squash, and he, he's hilarious. Um, and I was telling him, like, all right, headline, I'm okay, right? And he's like, okay. And I tell him everything that's going on in my life, and he just turns to me. He's like, man, you're like a bad country <laughs> song. <laughs> it's pretty good for Harry. About to leave. Already packing. Come with me. I'm not really asking. We'll get away to a place where we don't know. What about this? This call is being recorded. Fans, we are back for another edition of The Roundup, catching up on the weekly headlines and results from the professional tour and college squash. Bill, it's just you no, and I P- today. PJ's, How are you? PJ's otherwise occupied doing, doing his three. I mean, talk about squash TV. Their schedule is the, they have like nine people doing eight matches a day and they're breaking them up. PJ's on for like two matches. Joey's on for like two matches and they're giving it to Chris Gordon and to Ashling. And I mean, <laughs> so PJ, P, PJ complaining think, about like, Oh, I can't do this because I'm, I'm working is like just the biggest joke ever. PJ, if you're listening, which I know you're not listening by the way to this PJ, so I could say whatever I want. Maybe they're developing the roster, maybe, you know, sharing the workload. Cause those are grueling they are not, days. Dude, come on. They, they're the fine. Long I mean, days? yeah, that's what you do, though. It's called work. It's called work. So, so I'm a little anti PJ right now, only because PJ PJ was PJ. So, um, see PJ. I, I I went just back from my weekend at the TOC, which was fun. Um, we'll maybe get into that a little bit later. And of course, I get there and I see PJ and you know, guy, all the guys and everything. And PJ's like, "Hey, let's you know, typical PJ. Yeah, you know, let's get some food. Let's get a drink. Blah 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 blah. Text him." Hey, PJ, yeah, you want to uh, go out and get a drink uh, after you're done tonight, uh, after you're done with your grueling three-match day? Um, Shakes has said, I look up, actually, I was making eye contact, and he said yes. So I texted him to say, hey, I'm out. Let me know when you guys are done. Obviously, crickets. Um, n- nothing expected. I had went on and got had done other things with other people. All good. PJ, like at 11 o'clock the next morning. Hey, just looking at this, mate. Sorry. Made an early night of everything. It's like, dude, only person I know who says – Claims he doesn't look at his phone for like every time I look at him up in the booth, he's on his phone. But then I get the text. Yeah, just getting this like uh, like like my message got lost in cyberspace somewhere. So good PJ. Good. Another good PJ weekend. Well, he's definitely around the TOC, but and, you know, he's absorbing the the match analysis like he's paying attention to the matches, you know, g- give him the benefit of the doubt. And um, I, I do want to say, actually, uh, we got some really good fan feedback. I don't you know, oh, for I think, sure. Um, yeah, I, I get to know a lot of better. Was how good PJ was, which was, uh, and and but the best <laughs> fan feedback I got from PJ about PJ was um, not that how good he was. Well, everybody said how good he was in that episode because he was speaking his mind about us all and whatnot. Was that hey, how come PJ never promotes your podcast on his social media? He, he does? does, he does. But we gotta, we, it's on us to like put it out there, tag him, and then he's quick on it. But you're not on Instagram. I am not on Instagram. I will be. I, I can be if yeah, I need so to be. But I mean, for the sake of the show, I think this no, depends Insta- on. Is Instagram more popular than Twitter? I mean, the answer is you have to do it. Okay. Do it all. All right. Okay. So all right. Anyway, but um, th- some of the other feedback I got was you did a great job sharing the mic. How was that? Meaning that I didn't talk as much. Really? Who said yeah. that? Some people. Well, well, I said well, it. Well, yeah. In, in, but who said that? What <laughs> fan said that? So I could like direct my ire towards I, them. Why? That was that was a credit to you. Like, no, not not that you didn't talk as much. That you you were sharing. I don't. That means I didn't talk as much. So who was it? I want to talk to. I want I want to see who it is. I mean, basically, saying what they're saying by that is I talk too much otherwise. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're saying, which is fine. By the way, they don't know what a struggle this is trying to get words out of you and Stoneface PJ, who doesn't know anything about anything. By the way, he knows something about squash, but you mentioned any pop culture references. Like, no, I don't know that. 
I don't read. I don't eat. I don't watch. I don't read books. I don't watch movies. I don't watch TV. Basically, I think PJ goes, goes, gives his lessons like for a zillion dollars an hour or whatever he gets for them. And occasionally does squash TV. And otherwise, he just locks himself in his apartment. Uh, Hey, PJ. Shout out PJ if you're listening. We we all bring different strengths to the table, which is what I think people appreciate. That's exactly what I meant to say. People are appreciative of Bill. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So how you doing, Connor? I'm doing all right. I, I'm excited. I have my new setup here at, at my apartment. Uh, I finally have a dedicated space, so I don't have to trail everything back and forth. You've been living um, in D.C. for almost a month now. That's a, lo- that's a long stretch for you. It's almost two months, but yeah, this is um, it's exciting times, and a um, few things are changing, I, and I don't think I've publicly shared this I've you know with people that like you and everyone that I know and talk to. I've 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 certainly shared it, but, um, you know, the past couple of years have been kind of tough. I'm tackling the big stuff of death, disease, and divorce. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I was catching up with Harry Smith, colleague at U.S. Squash, and he, he's hilarious. Um, and I was telling him, like, all right, headline, I'm okay, right? And he's like, okay. And I tell him everything that's going on in my life, and he just turns to me, he's like, man, you're like a bad country song. <laughs> that's pretty good for Harry. Not not known for his sense of humor. Anyway, but uh, this is also a thank you to you, Bill, for you know your support um, getting me through these that's tough I, times. That's what I do, Connor. So thank you. That's what I do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> on that cheer, on that cheery note, let's get into why we're here. So we're going to cover really just uh, two main topics today with the the big action going on in Grand Central Station, the TOC. This is a mid uh, tournament report, which I'm excited to do. We don't often get a chance to do that, but this is a long event. And then we'll dive into the college uh, rankings and big matches and going on. So, TOC, we sent the best man on the ground. What was the report like? The was, vibe there, as always. Obviously, a great tournament, a weird tournament, in as far as that it starts on a Wednesday and doesn't end till the following Thursday, which is uh, definitely strange. I mean, they break it up, right? And I understand why because you know I'm sure GCT Grand Central Station is not a uh, an inexpensive venue. So I think having all of the ticket sessions and all, you know it broken up, broken up into like two matches per session, or at the most three matches per session, is, is the way that um, that the promoter has to go. So it does it does last quite a long time. But yeah, just as always, packed packed houses, a um, lot of excitement in the crowd. Um, great to have Grand Central. Grand Central was back. So you know, obviously we lost it during the mm. pandemic, and then uh, we had the last tournament was in May of last year. And didn't quite have the buzz as in the past. Number one, it wasn't a platinum, so there weren't as many players. It was a smaller draw for, mm-hmm. for men and women. And like the back area, like uh, beyond the front wall, which is usually buzzing with people with the bars and all that, was very, very quiet, you know, pretty much shut down. And this year it was back and City Winery had opened up there. And well, Oh, that's what I was going to ask. So they because it used to be this like mm. breakfast thing or now now yeah. it's a whole new I, I heard that this was coming so what, it was t- uh, just it. had a, a couple bars on the right hand side just like they had uh in previous years but then in the middle there was like a big restaurant and um just very just a cool space like a cool wide open space and people took full advantage of it i mean granted <laughs> beers and other libations were not cheap as one uh, might expect in new york uh How much? so How much? my no nine no, bucks are you kidding me um so i uh, no. No, no, beer? yeah, beers were more, way more than nine bucks. So, um, my wife and I went on Saturday night and had a couple of drinks at the bar uh, there, and she had a sangria. I had a uh, a, uh, a a fine check, twelve ounce fine check pilsner, and um, the bill with uh, be with tax was like thirty two dollars. 
Yeah, Oof. exactly. Oof. So as you know how frugal I am, I end I ended up using on for the most part when it was open. There's a uh, craft beer to go place for um for commuters to grab beers before they hop on their train. Right. So they they had reasonably priced basically a a 16 ounce version of what I was drinking was seven dollars there. So as you as you might imagine, yeah. I used that more. But that city winery was uh, was buzzing the whole time. Um, slowest can be play, playing no, music, not, not playing music because they didn't want to. Um, I guess inter- disrupt the play. Disrupt. But no, just just had bars. But just just one thing I got to say about city winery. And I understand that it's hard to hire people in like service industry. It's not easy. There's not a lot of help out there. One bartender for each bar. They had two bars and one bartender for each bar. And it's not like it's just a beer bar and a wine bar. I mean, people are making sangria because they make their sangria from scratch, which is great because it's good sangria. But it takes like takes some time to make it. And just like it takes some time to make any cocktail. They don't have a vat. They what? No, they don't have a big vat. vat. I would have like ladled it out. I don't COVID be damned. I mean, but it was just painful because why the guy's like mixing a cocktail, like you're like there's 10 people waiting in line. It just takes forever, forever to get a beer or a drink. And then and then the more you're like, you know what, let's get ahead of this. And then you order like three rounds at once. And then you're drinking. Then then you're drinking warm by the by the third by the third game. Well, (laughs) For anyone who hasn't gone to the TOC, it's definitely, you know, I would say um, worthy of a destination. Make a trip of it. It's it's w- one of the best on the tour. Yeah. We know this. Yeah, 100%. Um, there was a, there was a protest on Saturday afternoon. There was a huge protest. I, I believe it had something to do with Palestine. Again, I'm not, not that globally aware to understand exactly what everybody's protesting at all times. P- PJ P- is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> Good one, Connor. Um, <laughs> either way, they had to stop the, the Mazen Hashem, Hashem match against Mohammed uh, Mustafa El Surdi. No way, uh, really? Because of the protest there, the protest people were obviously like stopped right in front of the back wall, right, right at the back wall, and just started shouting and screaming. And they stopped. They stepped off court. I was, and all I could think is, if Mohammed El Shabagi was in that match. He would have. He might have cried. He might have cried for all the outside noise oh that was gosh. going on. Um, because, as you know, you can't you can't sneeze or cough or blink your eyes when Mohammed's on the court. Otherwise, he says, oh, wow. "What's his What's his saying? This is a joke. 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 <laughs> Absolute, Absolute joke. joke." Well, speaking of which, going into our predictions, yeah. ouch, we yeah. were. Yeah, but you know what? You know, we're what? off. We're not experts at this. You know, just just because we go on and on in a microphone talking about uh, talking about this sport, and we both worked in the, you've you, you've lived this sport your whole life, and I've worked in this sport for fifteen some odd years. It doesn't mean we know anything about this sport, which was proven. Yeah, well, I think um, s- certainly on the men's half. So uh, our our both our predictions, uh, mine with Mustafa Sal going out in um, losing to Victor Cruen in the round of sixteen, and. Um, me, wouldn't have guessed your upset there. Talk about I mean, that. An absolute stunner. Miguel Angel Rodriguez, the ageless Miguel Angel Rodriguez, pulls off the, the actually the stunner mm-hmm. of the tournament because the crew in a song match, obviously there was extenuating circumstances. But I mean, Rodriguez mm-hmm. just pounded uh, Sherbagi. So, um, and then he beat uh, Dussard on uh Saturday to, to now he's in the quarterfinals. So there, it's, it's no fluke. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Miguel Angel Rodriguez loves the big stage. And he honestly was the most exciting player in the tournament this week so far, like most entertaining to watch. Yeah. And it's really made, you know, we <laughs> again, highlighting how wrong our predictions were. Uh, we were saying the top, the top half of the yeah. draw was, 
you know, going to be monster. And it's like depleted. now <laughs> uh, it's, de- it's so depleted, right? So depleted. Um, it, yeah. I mean, we're looking at quarterfinals uh, you know, right for- now. Are, are, uh, the sixth seed uh, is the highest seed left in the quarters on the top half of the draw. <laughs> and that's that's exactly, Mar- that's Marwan. Exactly. So we we missed out on the Marwan um, Asal with with uh, Asal dropping out because of his uh, illness. Yeah, we missed the uh, the uh, quarter of uh, Asal against um, against uh, Vic, uh, against Marwan Al Sharbagi. The the rehash of their debacle in Houston, which would have been must see TV for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, shed a little bit of light on the Mustafa Asal because you know we predicted him to go the whole way, or I did to go the whole way. But, you know, you have a little bit of insight on what actually happened I, I, there. So I, I'm not that. sure. Well, I guess I can't. I mean, it's not, not like it's a HIPAA violation or anything such as that. So um, when I was leaving Houston, Mustafa Saul obviously had won Houston. And I was going to share a, a very early morning Uber with Mustafa Asal, uh to head up to New York because we were both flying to LaGuardia on a very early a.m. flight on Monday. So Mustafa and I had arranged um, for Mustafa to, and I to share an Uber to the airport. And you, uh, you know me, Connor, when I get, if I have a, if I have a 7am flight at the airport, I want to be sitting at my gate at 530 at the latest, like sitting at my gate. Mm-hmm. And so I told Mustafa, Hey, um, I'm going to leave you. If you're not in the hotel lobby at the time, my Uber is here, I'm leaving you. <laughs> Sorry about Con- And congratulations. And con- Bill making and congratulations everywhere. on your big win, Mustafa is what <laughs> exactly. But what I meant, what to, I say, meant to say, yeah. And I told him and he, he, you know, Mustafa is obviously a very enthusiastic guy and I, I do really like him. Um, but I'm not, I'm, I'm sure he got the message, which was great. And so I, I wake up for my, um, my early morning, uh, 4am Uber. And I wake up to a, a um, text message from Mustafa saying, I have changed my flight to this afternoon because I am dying. <laughs> so I don't know if he spoke, if he has Poor spoken guy. that into the, into the phone and that's just the uh, interpretation of his iPhone or whatever he uses for a mobile device uh, translating what he's saying, or he's sick. I don't know. I don't know him well enough. I didn't dive yeah. into it. I just said, hey, if you're actually sick, I hope you feel better. Congrats on the win. I will see you in New York. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I think one of the things that wouldn't be good to share prior to a result, right? You don't want to give insight. So here, now it does shed color and like, you know, Victor Cruz and upset retiring what's mm-hmm. going on. And this is this is just sharing that, yeah, that he had a bug yep. of some sort and it yep. really depleted him. But even in that first, ha- like the first game, you could tell he wasn't going full throttle, but I wouldn't have predicted him. You know, I thought I'd just maybe pull it out in four. So five. you want my you want my far flung, and we could we could we could edit this if if this is too salacious. You want my far flung my far flung conspiracy okay. theories on all this, like not conspiracies, just sure. just like like the the. So we had Mohammed Al Sharbagi losing in the first round. We have Mustafa Asal withdrawing because of illness in the in the uh, in the second round in the round of sixteen. We have mm-hmm. Joel King, who is in the quarterfinals, basically hacking up a lung in her first round match, five gamer over Emily Whitlock, and then in her uh, in her uh, round of sixteen match, um, in which she won. She won. No, I wouldn't say handily, but she beat she beat a obviously a very fit and very tough Nelly Nelly Gillis Nella Gillis, um, but also coughing up a lung into a towel. So did Mustafa Saul? get Muhammad El Shabagi ill and he in turn as we we outed them him and he and Joel are a couple did he in 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 and then get Joel King ill 
And is that why Joel King's hacking belonging? And she's the only one still in the zone. How about that for a far flung conspiracy theory that has no basis in fact whatsoever? Good. Who knows, yeah. right? I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll check in on the next one. Time will, time will tell. I, I do understand that uh, the Mustafa uh, tested negative for COVID. Uh, I'm not sure if he's yeah. tested, like how often. So, but un- unfortunate because it would have been great to see. Uh, just joking about that, all that other stuff, by the way, slightly, a little bit. I'm joking just a little bit. <laughs> but the, so, so. Kidding, not kidding. <laughs> kidding, not kidding. Uh, let's see what, what, what other. Dr- oh, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Nathan Lake. He. Is really back on form. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the, his matches at all? I did. I actually saw him live. Let's play play live against uh, uh, um, against Paul Call. Talk about. I mean, he was uh, neck and neck with him, just yeah. like behind. You know, really on on point. Um, great to see him healthy and playing. You know, just a two point deficit each each game, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. No, third, he he, yeah. he played he played great against Paul Call, and it, it was a uh, it was a, a lot of fun to watch. One of the one of the more entertaining matches. As you know, we're big Nathan Lake fans, so uh, um, really really was pulling for him to come through. I, yeah. I, by the by the way, I, I sat. Behind that, for the, behind that match, I sat. I sat behind our boy uh, Rob Owen. Oh, really? I saw Rob Owen. Rob Owen. I Does sat, he know who you are? He has no idea who I am. None. Yeah, right, absolutely right, right. none. Yeah. I sat behind him, or uh, and actually like two feet from him for like a couple matches. He has no idea who I am. He, so, so that was exciting to see Nathan back on form, doing great. Um, uh, other other highlights. Um, so, welcome back to the tour, Yusuf Ibrahim. Um, after uh, you know his run in Chicago uh, at the Windy City, where he made it to the finals and lost to Paul Call uh, back in uh, February, he uh, got injured and has you know the the former Princeton star um, mm-hmm. back on the tour, uh, lost but lost in a very very from what I understand it was played over on you know one of the um, exterior courts, so I didn't get a chance to see it. Um, he lost to um, Yusef Solomon in five. Um, mm-hmm. five long games, um, you know, 11, seven in the fifth, but five, from what I understand from people who were there, it was like basically the, one of the great matches of the tournament. So 89 minutes long. So, um, obviously great, it would be great to see him back in the mix and just another, another star player who, uh, who has, who made, made a big splash on the tour, uh, obviously last year and, uh, and is now coming back. So it'd be great to see him back, back in some yeah. of these draws. No, he's exciting to watch. I like him. So, well, should we do? Do you want to do a reshuffle and any predictions now? Yeah. So, so one one last shout out, and I, I, again, it was another match that wasn't played where I could see it was um a, uh, um one of my favorite players on tour, uh, Omar Massad. Obviously, one of the nicest guys on tour. Right. Right. Uh, had a first round, just a first round war against my, one of my least favorite players on tour, Adrian Waller. Um, yeah. Uh, Sixty three minutes, twelve ten in the fifth. And just 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 closing my eyes, I really probably should go see if there's like a, a a YouTube video of the match. Just just the faces and the punchable face of Adrian Waller during a a match on a on an outside court where he is just clod hopping around and just just one of the most miserable players to watch on court. Never looks happy, always complaining. Um, just would, would just would love to just watch. Uh, you know, so happy that Omar could could beat him. Uh, could could end up beating him because um, no. It was a great win, and um, if you watch on YouTube, there they did the first day like recap mm-hmm. of Squash TV. Did uh-huh. You see this? I, I did not. Yeah, check it out. It's it's it's. I think it's a good preview of what's going to come of trying to do, you know, more of this um, for the matches you can't watch. It's like gathering all them. So they go to each each club that was being played at the River Club, Peter Nichols Club, and Yale Club, and then they interview the players. And Omar Massad is on there. So yeah. Cool. And you can see the the somewhat meltdown. Oh, you can't. Is there is there is there an Adrian meltdown? 
you get a hint of it you get a hint uh, of it yeah. yeah 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 so go check it out oh I'm look, i definitely look forward to that so yeah so we're a reshuffle right now we're in the we're in the um in the quarter so as we mentioned we have victor Kruen against marwan and then we have um 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 mazen mazen hessian playing uh miguel and hell rodriguez um uh, then we have uh, Diego playing uh, Tarek Moment, and then uh, Dusuki Call. So, looking at those, um, I, I think Mar- Marwan will beat Victor Cruin. Um, uh, again, Ooh, I'm going for an upset there. Are you? I mean, I, I'm rooting for an upset because anytime that Marwan El Sharbagi loses to me is a good day for the, the world of squash. So, right. I, I, and I like Victor Cruin. Um, so, I, I would I would like to see Victor Cruin. I just don't see it happening. Um, how about the Hesham? Hesham Rodriguez match. My my fear is that Rodriguez had a had a t- uh, you know a tough match against Sherbagi. Um, uh, then he played one of the most miserable people on on tour, uh, Auguste Dussord or Dussor or however you pronounce his name. Just just a guy who looks so unhappy out there on the squash court. <laughs> right, right. Um, he had he had a sixty seven match, very entertaining match against him, and so now he's playing Mazen Hesham, who has Mazen has had a he had a very 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 tough match against um, Ferez Dasuki. Uh, in the in the uh, uh, second round, and but uh, and then just in a very contentious match with Mustafa Al Serdi, um, he, he he advanced. So those two, uh, what that should be, I think that that'd be the one I want to watch. Agreed. I'm I'm going to go Miguel there. I think just rooting for Miguel. Uh, I think it's a great story. Yeah. What do you think of Mazen Hesham? Uh, basically, in uh, uh, his um, there there was a little bit of um, back and forth, obviously between. Um, Mazen and Sheldon Anderson uh, during the tournament during that that match and in the post match interview it's tough because Mazen speaks so quickly and it's, sometimes it's hard to understand but it seemed to say that he will tell the PSA tour that he never wants Sheldon Anderson to ref another one of his matches. Yeah, which won't happen. Right. I mean, that, right. Is there any you, kind of a player can't influence that? Um, I don't know the, the background. Again, it's tough to keep up with all these matches. Um, so I'm 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 catching up on the recaps and this kind of stuff, but. Yeah, watching me too. Me too. Yeah. And I watched that match. I watched the Hesham the Hesham match against Al Surdi, and you know Al Surdi's very tough to referee. He's such a big guy. He's kind of like um, I would like to say he's a saw light, but he's not. He's not light because he's probably bigger than a saw. But uh, and he's a very good player, but his movements not not great either. So there's always going to be um, always going to be issues. And obviously Mazin is uh, <laughs> is a bit dramatic on court and yelling into his hands and screaming and sometimes talking like you have. I don't know if he understands what he's saying. He talks so fast and, yeah. and just like yells nonsensical things all the time. So I, I didn't quite understand what he was so upset about because it didn't seem like there were that many. Uh, I know there was a call. There was a ball that Al Serdi turned on and he should have not hit. He should have asked for a safety lap and instead he hit it and it whizzed by Hesham's head and there was no no call given, no warning or anything. So um, it could be that's what Mazen was uh, upset about because it, it did have shades of a Saul Lucas Sermon in the U.S. Open um, uh, so that could mm. that could have been it, but it, again, with Mazum, just unclear what, what he's complaining about at any time. Sure. <laughs> so but yeah, I, no players can't influence who they want the ref. You you, you do assignments and that kind of stuff. So okay. Anyway, so so Mazen, uh, Miguel, uh, I, I will take uh, Mazen only because I think he's a better player. I, I hope I, I you know what I wouldn't be unhappy if either one of them wh- whoever wins that match. They're both entertaining to watch. So I'm happy if either one of them gets through. Yeah. Um, well. On the bottom half, I think it. I think this um, Paul Cole is on form for me. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm. I'm. I'm now calling him to win to win the tournament. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're leaping. So so before. So I. 
Ferez Dasuki's good, man. Ferez Dasuki's really good when he's on. So um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Ferez uh, has had somewhat of an easy time at this point. You know, he he, he beat um, Omar in, in Omar Masad in the second round, but Omar was pretty shot after his first round match. So he didn't really get tested that much. And then he uh, he dominated against um, El, Abdul Al-Tamimi. Uh, um, so, so, so um <sighs> I, I want Paul Call to advance just for the tournament's sake because I really want like a like a very like in the in the end like Fred Suzuki in the semis wouldn't wouldn't be great for the tournament but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he beat Paul Call wouldn't mm-hmm. be shocked. All right. So what I do want and this is this is the most important match I want Diego Elias to beat Tarek Moment in the other quarters because Tarek Moment I'll tell you what I like Tarek I mean I don't like Tarek who am I kidding I don't really like Tarek Moment as a player because he whines and uh, but man is he boring. Compared to, mm. <laughs> he is so boring on court. Holy cow! So I think a Diego Elias, Paul Call semi, and then a either Mazin or um or Miguel against uh, Mar um Marwan or Victor. Actually, they would all be good. Um, I think I think the only thing I'm rooting for is please um no uh no Tarek moment in the semis, and uh, let's get Paul Call through this through to the semis. How's that? I like it. <laughs> so when I move on to the women's um. Get get through the uh, talk talk about the women's. Obviously, um, it, it's kind of been on form. I did predict. Um, it, it, so speaking of predictions, by the way, although my main predictions have been way off, um, I did predict that Sarah Jane Perry um, had no business yeah. being the number eight seed in this tournament, and she got beat by uh, uh, Jana Sheehy, uh, like forty fifth ranked player in the world in five and. In the ugly, one of the ugliest matches I've ever watched. I was with a group of guys who never watched pro squash. They're, they're, they're squash players. You know, we came as a group and they came up from New Haven to watch the guys from the club that I play at. And um, they're they're like, this is miserable to watch. It was just yeah. like, just awful squash. Sarah Jane complaining on every call. It just, it was bad. So I, I, I don't know if Sarah Jane is at the end of her career and is looking to move on, but she does not, not she shouldn't have been the number eight seed. And it was it was a pretty low level squash match. It was five, so it was exciting, but um, not not a great advertisement for squash for sure. Sure, I mean I think it shows uh, she has uh, her and her partner have had a baby, mm-hmm. and it just I think it highlights that these pros always have to have the f- their foot on the gas. Yep. Anytime you you take it off a little bit, that really starts to highlight it. And you're correct; she's not a top. 10 player right now yeah she can't move you know she can't get they can't, she can't, she can't, she can't get yeah. to anything so it, um, it opened up that that um that quarter so and um let, let's start from the top um obviously our number one uh seed uh noron gohar is playing tayeb in one quarter which tayeb dismantled sabrina i mean tayeb mm-hmm. looks really really strong so it'll be interesting I, i'm looking forward to that i'm really looking forward to that match for sure one well, and and that's a counter example of uh, Nora Talab, she's a top eight player right now. Mm-hmm. You know, yep, maybe even top five. So um, that's a really solid matchup, and um, I, I, I'm still going to go Noren Gohar here because yeah, I can't bet against her. Yeah, uh, Janet, Janet, uh, or, I'm sorry, Jana against Joel King. Um, Joel, considering she's playing with one lung, it seems, and she's got you know she's hacking up and uh, like basically staring at her shoes most of the match because she looks so doesn't doesn't look a hundred percent. Has fought her way through, beat Whitlock in in five. Um, so she she she's yeah, but she's on form with, with against uh, Nelle. So I think yeah, that's just showing it, and that caliber difference, it's going to be overwhelming. So that's a an easy yeah. 
yeah, walk I, through. Yeah, agreed. I think I think she'll I think she'll get through that. Then we get um, the other quarter, Hamami. So in, so the player on the women's tour, obviously, who has impressed the most in her comeback to big time tournament play is obviously Gina Kennedy. I thought you were going to say tomato hoe. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Shout out tomato hoe. She, uh, she, 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 big win over Jasmine Hutton. So that's so I, I yeah. give tomato credit, and, I, and again, yeah, we, we all love tomato hoe. But uh, Gina Kennedy, tomato, tomato. Um, no, a hundred percent. It's so great seeing Gina just fully back in form. Down two games to one against Tinney. Comes back sixty-one minutes, eleven nine in the fifth. Just a a, a riv- probably. Probably the women's uh, on the women's side, anyways. Certainly the match of the tournament, um, mm-hmm. and then against Ronell Robbie, um, I thought she was cooked. She was. She, Rowan was up um, two games, two games to love, cruising. Had just beat her eleven to three in the second. Gina went up eight to one in the third, and I said, "Oh, you know, Gina's going to come back, and you know they're going to go to fourth four and see see what happens." Rowan comes all the way back and ties her at eight to eight, and I was like, "Uh oh, Gina is cooked," and Gina made some really really egregious errors like really really bad squash but then she buckled down won won the third game um 11-9 won the fourth game 11-8 and then just steamrolled during the fifth 11-2 just just very very impressive because Rowan Alarabi is not a walkover by any means he's mm-hmm. such a good player um and and so like smooth around court to watch she's she's a joy to watch but Gina really gutted it out question is will she now have anything left in the tank as she plays Hanya Alhamami yeah I mean, that's so I think not. Yeah, I think so. That's a, a pretty clear win for El Hamami here. Yeah. Gina, 61 minutes and 52 minutes. Hamami coming in uh, with a 30 minute uh, romp over Hana Ramadan. And then uh, shout out, shout out our girl, Tomato Ho. Uh, didn't quite make it to 30 minutes. So 27 minutes. So uh, Hanya, obviously very fresh. So we get to the last quarter and we have some American interest still there. Amanda beat Olivia last night um, uh, in 46 minutes. Olivia, oh, Olivia had a chance. Olivia just made some errors. She made, she made some, um, she, she got caught up a little bit, I think with Amanda playing quick and she didn't kind of try to slow Amanda down. Um, um, and Amanda fought through, uh, always pressure on Amanda, obviously to, to, as she is the number one player and you have these up and coming, um, U S players, you know, not up and not at Olivia's up and coming, but you have Olivia and they've played each other since Clipping they were at the heels. Yeah. yeah. And Olivia and her probably played each other since they were like in the womb. They probably, they're like, their mothers were probably like in the same maternity ward, like, and they were batting, like kicking each other, uh, across the, uh, uh the bassinet. Do, do kids still lay in bassinets? I don't know if that's a thing anymore. Sorry. <laughs> don't have any kids, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I was but like, either way, I'm you're, to, I'm you're, to... you're out in the ledge here by yourself. Yeah. Like, you keep know, going. Yeah. Let's see how far that analogy goes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I know so much about maternity wards. I still, I still think, I mean, seriously, when people have babies, do they still put them like in like the things and like people look through the glass window and there's like 17 babies laying there uh, and you point at yours. Does that still happen? I'll, I'll use your line. Just show me the photo. I don't want to hear about the labor pains. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. But either way, congrats to Amanda. She's on now. Now she plays her, her, um, Norel Sherbini. T- I mean, again, um, two, 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 uh, uh, just incredible players. Uh, nor obviously with a, with a resume that cannot be topped playing in a quarterfinal at grand central. It'll be the seven thirty match. I think it will be uh Tuesday night. So hopefully a very, very raucous sold out, maybe slightly, um, um, and need like fueled with $13 Pilsners and, and $15, uh, sangrias, uh, that will be rocking the joint and, uh, may, maybe spur Amanda onto victory. <clears throat> You never know. Uh, still, uh, not a good 
uh, head-to-head result for uh, Amanda in this regard, but uh, maybe she's due for a win. Yeah, no, I I, I, pricked, I predicted Nora El Shabini to win this tournament, so I'm torn because obviously I want Amanda to win because she's an American and she's she's yeah I know Amanda and it would be great for her and so obviously I'm rooting for her to win this whole tournament as I always do. Um, but then again, my prediction. So I, you know, yeah, I got, well, I got, you're torn. I got the torn. devil on one side of me and the angel on the other side yelling at me, saying, "Would you would you rather be right, Bill, or would you rather something really good happen to one of your fellow Americans?" And do you ever listen to an angel? <laughs> Let's go, Amanda. <laughs> it's so be wow, okay. It's, All right. it's All so right. be time. One other match highlight I want to point out is the Olivia Fichter match versus Noah. Uh, yes. versus Goha. Yeah, sixty four minutes. Sixty four minutes. I mean. Olivia was in the hunt here. Mm-hmm. I think just so cool under pressure. Uh, she's such a, a a great competitor. Um, I mean, what a match. Yeah, 64 minutes, 11-8, 11-8 in the fourth. What a tough, tough, tough first round match for both of them, actually. I'm wondering if Nor, you know, like Nor was like, hey, that's great. That got me into the tournament like in, in mentally right. into the tournament because usually these these top rated players kind of cruise early as 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 seen by you know Haniel Hamami as seen by um you know Norel Sherbini not putting a lot of minutes in like Norel Sherbini 25 minutes against Melissa Alves and 19 minutes against Nadine uh, Nadine Shaheen so it, I, I'm wondering if it's an advantage for somebody like Gohard to get that first round win get some match toughness under her belt yeah and in terms of the seedings and or seedings versus where players are the caliber. Olivia right now is playing, you know, definitely top eight, mm-hmm. if not yep. close to top five squash. For sure. Are you, uh, do you think she's playing better than Jane Shahia? Shahia? Shiha? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Jane. Jana, we're root- John yeah. and Shiha, we're, we're, we're rooting for you. Just know that, just know that. We're, yeah. we're big fans. Yeah. It was, it was, cool. hole, it was, there's a hole in the bracket. It was there's a hole in the bracket. There is, but it was cool watching uh, John and Shiha win because I was with a group of guys who literally know nothing about pro squash. And I was, um, and they were having a very, very tough time getting into that match because it was such a poorly played match. And Sarah Jane was complaining about every call. Um, and, but I, kept him in it by saying, look, if she wins, this will be by far the biggest win of her pro career. Sure. And it's like that. Never. And that kind of drama appeals to every kind of sports fan. And when she won, she almost broke down in, in tears. So, yeah, you know, granted, granted our group of fans were almost in tears watching the whole match because it was so miserable, but no, it was, it was, it was very gratifying to see her win and to see her emotion uh, of her winning uh, on at grand central station on that glass court. So, so before we move on from the TOC, so uh, did you watch any of the exhibition uh, between Raneem and Camille and then the doubles exhibition? No, no, no. Um, so, and again, I understand why they do it. It's, it. it's good for the fans who are there. For people watching at home, though, oh, my God, to watch it on Squash TV is just so painful. Um, uh, you know, the, 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 I'm all for having the former champions there. I, I like Old Timers Day. Like when I go to Yankee Stadium, if I go to Old Timers Day, I like when they introduce the old timers and like you get to appreciate them. And you're like, hey, that, you know, when I was growing up, that was one of my favorite players. And there he is as like a, a 40 year old person or a 50 year old player. I don't really want to watch them play, though. You know what I mean? I don't watch. The, nobody watches the old timers game. They Yankees have actually stopped actually even playing the old timers game. Really? It, now, yeah. now they do the intros. They do presentations. It's really fun. It's, you know, really, really like a, a, a nice spectacle. But instead of throwing these old players out there to play a meaningless couple inning exhibition game, which at that point the fans lose total interest and go get beers and don't pay attention. They basically just move on and play the game. And with this, I mean, 
it's fine seeing Raneem Aouli out there, Camille, but they retired, so I don't really want to see them anymore. I I think the difference is between, and we don't have great command and control of this, of like what happens on site and is a good appeal mm-hmm. for people. You know, some people do want to, that will draw people out versus what's televised, right? And so we kind of just hit, you know, have that up recording. Uh, which is better that it's recording than it's not, but I, I hear you. It's a programming yeah. hole. Yeah, and then they had the doubles match, which was, I mean, in just <laughs> it was. Well, but just think, Bill, if we didn't experiment with that, we never would have had Ram scoring. No, it's a hundred hundred percent true. But how about you know no so. Uh, no, they should honestly. What I think they should have. Do you ever watch NBA basketball? You ever see that they have the Asian woman? I, I forget what they call her. It's like. Um, I, I read Panda, maybe I'm not positive. I should look, I should have looked this up before. And she's the woman who's on the unicycle juggling dishes. No, I've, I, oh. I have no clue what you're talking you about. You have to watch. Tell me more. Dude, you have to go on YouTube and watch this. So she's big on the NBA. I don't know if she does other stuff, and I'm sure she's mega expensive if she's doing the NBA. But if you watch a lot of NBA games at halftime, they have her as the halftime. And basically, she's out there on like a really tall unicycle juggling glass. In like glass dishes, juggling them, stacking them, doing all this cool stuff, whether it's riveting entertainment. And you're basically, it's like NASCAR, you're kind of rooting for the crash. But, um, and, and she does every once in a while crash. So there's always the chance. And it's, uh, I would 100% rather watch that than watch Peter Nickel and Greg Gaultier and Nick Matthew and Jonathan Power play doubles. <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. You guys are legends of the sport. And it would have been awesome to have you introduced on court and get your tribute. But I do not on Squash TV want to watch you guys play doubles. Can you hear my sound? Yeah. No, like you hear I'm playing YouTube right now. Oh, no, I can't. Are you watching it? Are you I'm watching, watching it? Red Panda? Oh, yeah. I'm watching Red Panda in action right now. Is it solid? It's starting slow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine that? This at, is gr- can you imagine that <laughs> this at Center Court? This is a great podcast. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine, though, at Center Court at, at TLC? Nobody would nobody would be running to drink $14 beers at uh, at City Winery if uh, if they had Red Panda to watch. That's all I'm saying. I see what you mean. <laughs> it's riveting. It goes on for a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every, NBA everyone's has, captivated. Every, no, one, no one leaves their seat when Red Panda is going to be the halftime entertainment. I'm telling you that right now. Oh, my gosh. No. She is stacking like four or five right now on a unicycle. Yep. With about 12 bowls up there, she's going to make the flip. Three, two, one. Hasn't done it yet. No. <laughs> well, can you take now take that? And she's got the whole NBA court. Can you imagine her like with the restriction of the glass walls? Oh, my gosh. That'd be awesome. She did it. She did it. Okay. <laughs> Shout out Red Panda. Honestly, I know Red Panda is not an option. Maybe have some like top, like top ranked, like little kids, like the under 11 players who are really good go out there and like entertain the crowd like they do when they have like junior do, basketball games on and stuff. You ever do, um, do you know Jethro Bins? Yeah. <clears throat> He's a squash skills yeah, yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So have you seen him stand on the medicine? Yes. Um, yeah. Sure. The bouncy ball that, and do figure eights like that? That would be awesome. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Any, ki- unbelievable. any kind of skills competition would be fun, anything. Yeah. But uh, I think you're right. Just, I mean, when you're there watching the doubles, I'm sure it's exciting. And last year when they had the doubles with Rami and they're doing the Ram scoring, it, it was entertaining for sure. But man, on Squash TV, it is hard. No, I think you're right. Hard to doing watch. Sk- it's, we need to do more skills exhibition. Have you seen figure 16s? Yes. Figure 16s are awesome. All right. All moving right. on. College Squash. College Squash Association. Um, you know what? We're, we're gonna, just going to dive into the the top match of the weekend, and it was uh, we previewed it last week, and again, just shows how bad my predictions are. And I apologize to Gilly Lane for jinxing them, because um, I said that they would go down to go to Harvard and basically show that they were the top dog. Harvard, uh, Harvard said 
not so fast. Um, and they played a match that if, if anything, I mean, we thought last year's national championship was probably as, as good as it gets for college squash. And obviously the stakes weren't as high for this, but as far as the, the actual match itself, and I caught, uh, the last hour of it on, uh, on streaming, um, Harvard beat UPenn five to four. Um, UPenn was up four to three with two matches left on court. UPenn was winning both of those matches, and Harvard came back and and beat them five to four uh, to uh, <laughs> to to I mean just just an amazing amazing match. And um, Connor, I, I I took a look at the scoreboard, and this is this is college squash at its best. Um, number one number at number one. Um, Obviously, um, Marwan Tarek rolled over at, he's just an incredible player. So he won three out. So we go to the number two match, um, which was, uh, three games to one, this, but the, here's the line scores, 11, nine, 11, nine, 13, 11, 11, nine. Um, wow. number three match is, uh, three out. So, so not big. The number four, uh, well, we'll skip to the number four match. We'll wait for that because that was the one that decided it. So the number five match was three to two, 66 minutes. The number seven match was also five games, 76 minutes. The number nine match was five games, and here's the line score of 64 minutes, 13-11, 11-4, So it doesn't get any tighter than that. And then obviously the, the, the number four match was the last match on court, and the gentleman for, um, for uh, Penn had a two-game-to-love lead, uh, 1-11-7, 11-8. And then the Harvard uh, number, um, number uh, four Tate Hearn, I think I'm pronouncing his name, Tate Hearns, maybe. I don't know who he is. Either way, 17, 15, 11, 5, 11, 9 in 90 minutes. Wow. And that's the decider. Just just the best. I, I don't, I wasn't there. The The noise coming through the stream was, I had it actually, because I was in my living room watching it while I was watching NFL football I, and, and switching between the TOC. I had actually turned it down. It was so loud, the, wow. the yelling and screaming. I mean, like we often say, college squash is one of the best experiences out there. And I think that there's, it's disappointing to not get that win in the midseason. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, uh, last time Penn went undefeated and then lost at the national championship. So I think there's a way that Penn can really harness this. They know how close they are. They're going to come in looking for revenge uh, at the national championships. And there's a chance where they know what they know what they did wrong, and you're going to learn more. You know, it's often said you learn more from your losses than your wins. Right. I hope they use this, and um, it'd be what a you know, well, it, setting up a great national championship. Oh, definitely. And and the last two times, obviously, the time they played last year was um was at UPenn's courts. This time, this yesterday was at Harvard's courts. The national championship will be played on a neutral site up at Trinity. So yeah. the uh, the atmosphere that the atmosphere at that event is going to be incredible because as you know Trinity with those two glass courts and just the, how, how yeah good the crowd is just on top of you there so that should be a really really fun week in the national championship um, uh, Harvard Harvard also beat Princeton over the weekend seven two shout out for Princeton for for finally playing again Princeton I I, I don't know they they mu it must be some edict from their uh, athletic department I don't know anybody at Princeton so I don't know who to ask like. I think they've only played four matches this year or five matches or something. Yeah, five. These other teams are playing like, <laughs> like their 12th and 13th match. So shout out for, for Princeton for actually getting on court and playing. They, uh, they lost to Harvard seven, two, but they actually, they played. So maybe that, maybe they get a participation medal for acting a match. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on, 
<laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I know. I know. I shouldn't say that. There's probably a reason for it. I'm sure blah, blah, blah. Academics are more important than, than budgets could be tight. Budgets could be know. tight. Academics are more important than sports. Yada, yada, yada. I'm sure. Student athlete. So, um, um, so, um, the, on the women's side, obviously Harvard, as we talked about, um, uh, had their match streak ended by Trinity. Um, Trinity then went and played, uh, Drexel. And they Trinity had beaten Harvard uh, seven to two. Although as we talked about, the matches were a lot closer than the score indicated. Then they went and had a, just a knockdown dragout battle and beat uh, a very very good Drexel team five to four. So um, mm. there are, the women's national championship is going to be great because I think honestly that anyone could beat anybody. I think Trinity Drexel could beat Trinity, Harvard could beat Trinity, Trinity could beat Drexel, Trinity could beat Harvard, and um, and obviously Princeton. Princeton sitting there at number four. They played three matches, so they'll be well rested here. Four matches. So this is exciting when it's starting to. You, you can imagine what the champion's going to be setting up, and it's it's so great when so many of these top teams are in the hunt. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Drexel, the, the big, the one of the bigger matches coming up, and it's not next weekend, but it, uh, a couple. It's like the last match of the year is Harvard Drexel. So I'd be I'd be interested to see this fight down the stretch to see where the seedings are because I think that's going to be the key is where you end up seated. Well, we have had the rankings update that came in, so we're going to read them off uh, quickly. And, um, you know, it's a little bit hard. I don't know, maybe I'm missing this, but it's hard to see what the previous rankings was. So I don't actually know how the movements go. But um, on the men's side, and and bo- on both the men's and women's, it is Ivy League dominant. They are all the top ranks, which isn't always the case, but it is in these ranking sets. So on the men's side, number one spot, Harvard undefeated. Gilly Lane leading the UPenn at number two, followed by Princeton University, Yale University, University of Virginia. Number six is Trinity College. Number seven, Drexel University, Cornell University, Columbia, rounding it out, Dartmouth. On the women's side, we have Trinity College at the number one spot, undefeated, followed by Harvard, Drexel University. Number four, Princeton University. Five, Yale, followed by Cornell University, University of Virginia. Columbia University, number nine, Penn, and rounding out Dartmouth as well. Interesting. The only question I have on the rankings, and I, I'm, I, I looked at them this morning, actually, was Trinity College six in the men's at 12 and one, while Princeton at four and one is number three. Uh, understanding that Trinity, obviously, when they their season starts, they they, they beat up on the their NESCAC uh, their NESCAC rivals, and they usually don't really have much of a uh, much competition there. But they're twelve and one. Princeton's four and one. Princeton really doesn't have a signature win. Why is Princeton ranked number three and Trinity's ranked number six? You know, it's a good question, and I know the college ranking has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually should get David Pullman on here to to explain this more in full. But I believe they do also look at strength of schedule that they play. Okay, and Trinity plays a lot of weaker teams. No, no. So Under, understood. So, so Trinity has the opportunity, I guess, because Trinity right now, you're right. They haven't played any of the top, uh, that they played Harvard, obviously lost six to three. Um, but they do have Princeton, Penn and Yale coming up to finish out their regular season. So, uh, yeah. I, I guess that will maybe, be, maybe shake that out where they'll get fairly, fairly or unfairly, uh, ranked, but it just struck me like 12 and one and Princeton, Princeton's proving that like maybe the maybe the less you play the the higher you should be ranked so maybe that's possible so it, it, we're really talking quality not quantity here I got gotcha, you I got gotcha. you shout out shout out <laughs> shout out Tigers shout out Tigers all right Connor um, all right um that's it that's all I have I I've, I've, I, I, 
I've sh- are you are you out of coffee? I, I've shown my disdain for Princeton's schedule. What have I shown my disdain for this morning? Um, uh, PJ. PJ. Oh, PJ. Yeah. Let's. Can we get back to PJ? No. I've shown my disdain for PJ, Adrian Waller, um, exhibition squash on Squash TV, and the Princeton University's um, lack of uh, lack of schedule. For, uh, in men's and college, men's and women's college squash. So, anything else? Do you want to throw in the pricing of uh, drinks? No, you know what? That's that's the economy. That's New York City, so you have to get used to it. I I always like roll my eyes when people complain how expensive New York is, but um, uh, so I, I can't complain. I can't complain how expensive it is. So. But you will. I will. <laughs> All right. All right. See ya. Sit. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to another show on SQR Squash Radio. We really do appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we have a quick ask. In an effort to help us grow, if you have a quick minute, please consider sharing an episode with a friend who might be interested, or leaving a rating on any of the platforms you listen to your podcast. It would mean a lot to me and the rest of the team. Thanks so much, and have a great day.